you for joining us at Bangalore Revival Center. We are a church that's dreaming revival with God and serving people in love. It is our desire to equip you to represent Jesus and carry his great joy to the ends of the earth. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit dreamingrevival.com. Now, as you listen to the word, we believe that God will minister to you. I believe that God is uh, speaking to us through this particular series and uh, as we go into this series, may I remind you that God is for you. That's the first thing. The second thing that we learn is that Jesus is a gift that has been given from God and we got to follow him. We got to imitate him. The third thing that we learn is how because of Jesus, we have received all the mighty weapons by which we may become more than conquerors. The fourth thing that we learned is how to keep the devil disarmed, how to make sure that we don't give a foothold to the enemy. And on Good Friday, we studied how we experience victory through the death of Jesus, how we can be in union with the death of Jesus by the way that we live, by the way we do our communion, by the way that we get baptized and today I want to take it to the next level where we talk about the resurrection conquest. What did Jesus really win for us? What did Jesus really accomplish for us by his resurrection? That is what we are going to study today. Let us go uh, to Romans chapter 8 and verse 34. The Bible says, who is to condemn? Christ Jesus is the one who died more than that who was raised somebody scream more than that somebody type more than that wherever you are you have to believe that there is more our story with Jesus doesn't finish with the fact that Jesus died for us there is more to it the more aspect is the fact that Jesus overcame the grave and he was raised back to life. So let me read this particular portion of scripture from the book of John chapter 2 and verse 13 onwards. The Bible says, It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. So Jesus went to Jerusalem. We are in a season of Passover right now. You know, from this week till the next week, this is a Passover celebration week. This is when Jews were supposed to be celebrating Passovers in great numbers. But everybody has resorted to do that in the confines of their homes. And in a season like that, the Bible says Jesus went to Jerusalem in a season of Passover. And what did he see? What did he experience? Verse 14, the Bible says, in the temple area, he saw merchants selling cattle, sheep and doves for sacrifices. He also saw dealers at tables exchanging foreign money. Now, if Jesus had to walk into our temples today, if Jesus had to walk into our homes today, I know that when we come to church, we are going to prepare the church, we're going to clean it up and we're going to dress well and we're going to do everything to make sure the church looks awesome on the Easter Sunday. But if Jesus had to come into our homes today, what is it that he is going to see? 
If Jesus is going to come into our mind, into our thoughts, what is he going to experience? What is he going to witness that is going on in your head? If Jesus had to browse on your phone and just go into the browsing history, what is it that he's going to witness? If Jesus is going to just rewind this last one week of your time, what will he see and what will he witness? In the case of these Jewish people that he, when he walked into this temple, he saw them making money out of the church. He saw them making money out of worship. He saw them making money out of exchanging currency so that people that are coming from different lands for this Passover celebration, that they will uh, make more money out of these guys and they'll, they'll try and, uh, uh, you know, steal from them. And Jesus was really, really upset. I pray that this Resurrection Sunday, in this season of Passover, when Jesus comes to encounter us, that he will see things that, will, uh, he, that he will find pleasant, that he will see things that he will enjoy, he will see things that he would like, he will see things that he would want to celebrate about you. The very next verse, the Bible says in verse 15, that Jesus made a whip from some ropes and chased them all out of the temple. He drove out the sheep and the cattle, scattered the money changers coins over the floor and turned over their tables. This is crazy and I, I pray and I hope that you and I will have the guts, the audacity, the boldness, the courage, the willingness to let Jesus come in with his whip and, and turn all our tables, turn our lives around and destroy everything, consume everything that doesn't align with what he wants to do in our life. I know that sometimes we may be shy, sometimes we may not be very willing to open up our private personal matters to the Lord, but you should understand that even if you don't open it up to him, he still sees it. And yet, he stands at the door and he is going to knock. He is not going to come barging into your personal private space. If you would allow him in, he will come and he will help you overcome every challenges, every distractions, every struggles. You know, we think that if only I can pray so much, if only I can read the Bible so much, if only I can fast so much, or if only I can give so much money, then I will be perfect, then I will be good enough, then I will be anointed enough, or I will be capable enough to serve God. Let me tell you, that's not how it works. If only you have Jesus, will you have everything else. All that you need this morning is the presence of Jesus. So will you invite him to come and help you overcome your challenges? It doesn't matter who laid hands on you. It doesn't matter how many pastors prayed for you. It doesn't matter how many worship sessions you attended. You ultimately need the presence of Jesus to come and give you victory from your personal sins. And we're going to study how to allow him to do that. The Bible says in John chapter 2 verse 16, Then going over to the people who sold doves, he told them, Get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a marketplace. He is now really, really upset and he's telling them, Hey guys, this was supposed to be my father's house. 
you have to stop turning this into a marketplace. Now, you have to declare this about your body. Do you know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit? You have to declare this about your family. Do you know that your assembly together, every meal that you sit down together, every time you fellowship with your family, you know that Jesus said, when two or three gather in my name, I am present in their midst. Do you know that that is also a temple of God, that the presence of God lives there? And when we come together as a church in anchor groups or in uh, the Sunday services, that is a temple of God. And the Lord is saying, hey, stop turning it into a marketplace. The primary purpose of the church the primary purpose of your life, your body, the primary purpose of your family, the primary purpose of your church is to host God's presence. If that is not what you're doing ultimately with everything that you do, with your career, with your uh, Bible reading or with your ministry, with your sports, with your interactions, with your relationships. If ultimately you are not hosting God's presence, then we have turned it into a marketplace. Then we are using it for something that is substandard. That is not what God made us for. The Bible says in verse 17, then his disciples remembered this prophecy from the scriptures. The passion for God's house will consume me. The passion for God's house will consume me. I pray that as you are listening to this word this morning, the passion for God's presence, the passion for God's temple will consume your heart. You know, this was true about Jesus. If we want to be like Jesus, if we want to live like Jesus, then this has to become true about us. God's presence, God's house should be our top priority. It cannot be our house. It cannot be our uh, ambitions, our career. It cannot be our pleasure. It has to be his pleasure, his enjoyment. What does he like to do in my life, in my family, in my church and in my city? That has to be our top priority. So I pray and I decree and I declare and I release supernatural passion supernatural zeal into your heart. May your heart catch fire this morning. May your heart burn like never before. Like Jeremiah said, may your bones begin to burn with the fire of God's uh, word. May the word of God that is coming from my spirit to your spirit, may it cause your bones, your muscles, your tissues, your spirit, your emotions, everything to be set on fire this morning in the mighty name of Jesus and somebody said I receive now you will see there are two types of response when Jesus did this when Jesus cast out the money changers and the uh, dealers and all these guys they were doing business in the church one group of people they recognize this as passion for God's house passion for God's presence passion for God's temple. That was the disciples, the ones that were truly following Jesus. They saw this and they recognized that this is passion. This is zeal. On the other hand, there was a second group of people. Verse 18, it says, but the Jewish leaders demanded, what are you doing? If God gave you the authority to do this, show us a miraculous sign to prove it. It's, it's, it's kind of funny to me because you know, the same thing that Jesus did is what the disciples saw 
and that is what the Jewish leaders saw. The disciples saw it and said, man, this is the fire of God. This is the passion of God. This is the glory of God. Whereas the Jewish leaders, they said, this is blasphemy. This is unauthorized use of God's name. How can you do this? And he said, they came to him and they told Jesus, if you truly have the authority to do this, then you need to give us a miraculous sign. We are not going to take this. We, are, we reject your advice. We reject your entry. We reject your help in these areas. If we want, if you want us to receive this, then you have to give us a miraculous sign from God. That is what the Jewish leaders expected from Jesus. Now, the next verse is my text for today. The Bible says, John chapter 2 and verse 19, Jesus replied, All right, destroy this temple and I will raise it up again in three days. You destroy this temple and I will raise it up again in a matter of only three days. Now, verse 20 they exclaimed, what? Are you serious? It has taken us 46 years to build this temple and you can rebuild it in three days? Verse 21 it says, but when Jesus said this temple, he meant his own body. Verse 22, after he was raised from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this and they believed both the scriptures and what Jesus had said. And everybody said an amen. The Bible says several times you would see these Jewish leaders, these Pharisees coming and challenging Jesus. And never did Jesus give in to their challenges. Every time Jesus replied to their question with another question. Every time Jesus gave them a better challenge for the challenge that they gave. And on this particular instance, where, you know, during the Passover time when Jesus was cleansing out the temple, turning the temple around and making sure that the father's house is realigned to the right purposes that it was supposed to be. In this particular season, the Bible says that Jesus gave them an answer, an appropriate answer. And he said, you want a miraculous sign? You want to see something unusual? You have to destroy this temple and I will rebuild it in three days time and these guys they didn't understand it because they thought it took us 46 years to build this temple how can Jesus say that he will rebuild it in a matter of only three days how is it even humanly possible it is it is absolute nonsense in their ears they said this is this is not true but the disciples, they heard it and they remembered it. And the Bible says, when Jesus rose again from the dead, a few years later, when Jesus actually got crucified and he rose again from the dead, the Bible says the disciples remembered what Jesus had said. If you destroy this temple and I will raise it up again in three days, that will be the miraculous sign that you need to know that my authority is from God. You know, there are many religious teachers who have walked the planet, many great um, you know, men who have walked with integrity, many who have had amazing teachings and great ideologies and philosophies to help humanity. Many who have said, hey, you need to do this to go to God. You need to 
live like this to stay pure and you need to uh, sacrifice these things to be able to attain salvation. And here comes Jesus and he says, hey, I am going to give you a sign by which you know that what I'm giving you is different from anybody else. Because everybody else, they said, hey, look at us and follow us. And after we die, we will appoint a successor. You follow that person and, and follow all of our writings and everything. But Jesus, he said, no, after I die, I am going to raise this temple up in exactly three days time. And that resurrection will be the proof that you need to believe that this authority is from God. Now, let me tell you this. There'll be many who will come to you and doubt your faith and ask you questions about, are you truly sure that you're not just following a religious system? If you were born in another religion, would you have really still worshiped Jesus? The answer that you have to give them is this. Hey, my trust is not just in the Bible, in the written Bible. My trust is not just in the fact that Jesus did a lot of good teaching. My trust is not even in the fact that Jesus healed the sick or raised the dead. My trust is not only in the fact that Jesus died for me. My trust is in the fact that there is more. More than the fact that Jesus died, he also rose again. And because he rose again, I have the miraculous sign that I need, that I know that I can look at and believe that he is alive and he is the one that is leading me. He is the one that is real. He is the real deal. The resurrection of Jesus is what makes him stand out from everybody else. And this has been historically proven. You know, there are Roman soldiers who tried their best to prove that Jesus is still dead. They couldn't do it. There were Jewish leaders that tried their best. They even paid bribes to the guys that were watching and, and standing guard to the tomb of Jesus to make sure that uh, they don't, uh, this word doesn't get out and that there will be false rumors about Jesus that will be spread all over the place. And nothing helped. They tried to search for the body of Jesus and everything that they could have done physically, they did. And they could not disprove the fact that Jesus had risen from the dead. And in fact, at a point, 500 people, several for 40 days, Jesus kept appearing to different people. And in fact, at one point, 500 people saw Jesus. They witnessed Jesus right in front of their eyes. And, and in front of them, Jesus uh, ascended into heaven. And after Jesus left, the Bible says that these disciples, they began to teach about the fact that Jesus has risen from the dead. They started talking about this resurrection to everybody. It's not enough for us to talk about the death of Jesus. You know, last uh, service, during the Good Friday service, we were talking about the death of Jesus. But it's not enough that we preach Christ crucified. It is necessary that we preach Christ resurrected. And that is the gospel that these guys preached. Because everybody knew that Jesus died. Everybody understood. They saw it with their eyes that Jesus died. But the true gospel was the fact that Jesus had risen from the grave. He was no longer dead. That was the true gospel. 
Let's read a particular scripture that will help us understand this better. Acts chapter 4 and verse 33, it says, The apostles, they testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing was upon them all. This morning, as we testify of the resurrection of Jesus, let me tell you this fact that God's great blessing is coming upon you, your family, your children, their children. For a thousand generations, there is a portion, there is a blessing that will be yours. When we testify, when we talk about the resurrection of Jesus Christ, and this morning I, I want to encourage you to powerfully testify the fact that Jesus rose again from the grave. I know that all that you may have is your phones and your social media statuses, but you have to make sure that people out there know that this day is about the fact that Jesus is not dead. 2000 years back, three days from the day that Jesus was crucified, he rose again and that is the gospel that we preach and preaching this gospel there will be a great blessing from the Lord that will come upon them can we read this together I want this to come back on the screen and we will read it together wherever you are tuned in from let's read Acts chapter 4 and verse 33 it says the apostles testified powerfully to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and God's great blessing was upon them all. I pray that wherever you are watching, whatever is your definition and understanding of blessing, God's great blessing, may it be your portion in this season. If for you, God's blessing means provision, may provision be yours as you testify about the resurrection of Jesus. If for you, blessing means healing, then may, then may healing be yours as you testify about the resurrection of Jesus. If for you, blessing means your relationships are going to be restored, then may your relationships be restored this morning as you testify to the resurrection of Jesus. The Lord says that when you testify powerfully to the resurrection of Jesus, you will experience God's great blessing. Amen? The book of Acts chapter 4 and verse 2. The Bible says, when these guys were testifying about the resurrection of Jesus, these leaders, they were very disturbed that Peter and John were teaching the people that through Jesus, there is a resurrection of the dead. Check this out. They were not disturbed because they were talking about the crucifixion of Jesus. They were disturbed because they were talking about the resurrection of Jesus. So it's not going to be all easy. Just because the Bible says there is going to be great blessing, with the blessing will also come persecution. Because your testifying of the resurrection of Jesus is going to upset the enemy. When you talk about the fact that Jesus is alive to your friends, to your, on your social media statuses, to your circumstances, it is going to disturb some spirits around you. It is going to disturb some family members this morning. It is going to disturb some economic systems around you. And they are going to come at you with full force because they don't want you to believe that Jesus is truly alive. They want you to believe that Jesus doesn't have any power to save you. They want you to believe that Jesus cannot deliver you from their 
clutches that Jesus cannot deliver you from coronavirus. They want you to believe that Jesus cannot heal you. They want you to believe that Jesus cannot restore your finances. But let me declare this over your life that you will have the grace. It doesn't matter how many spirits are disturbed. It doesn't matter how many enemies come after you. You will have the grace to continue to witness about the resurrection of Jesus. In fact, the Bible says in Acts chapter 24 and verse 21, I am on trial before you today because I believe in the resurrection of the dead. Paul was being persecuted. Paul was being imprisoned. Paul was being tried because he truly believed that Jesus rose again from the dead. Now, I hope that you will have the grace to be bold in this season. You will have the grace to be strong in this season. You will have the grace to be an overcomer in this season. You will have the grace to be more than a conqueror in this season in the mighty name of Jesus. You will not be discouraged by the trials. You will not be discouraged by the leaders that are fighting you. You will not be discouraged by the spirits that are trying to attack you. Let's go on and let's study what Paul says about the resurrection. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 and verse 14. It says, And if Christ has not been raised, then all our preaching is useless and your faith is useless. Paul is saying, our preaching and our faith is founded on the resurrection of Jesus. If Jesus did not really rise up from the dead, then all of our preaching is pointless. Then Christianity cannot exist. Jesus' followers cannot have a voice in the society. The one reason why this message about Jesus has stood the test of time, why the Holy Scriptures have been going for generations after generations, the church has been growing and multiplying and, and, and conquering every territory, every sphere of uh, the world around us for the last 2,000 years is because Jesus rose again. That is why our faith is useful. That is why our preaching is useful. And Paul says, now that you understand that your faith is powerful, your preaching is powerful, your witnessing is powerful and it can bring a blessing for you. It can even give you trials because you're going to disturb the people around you. Let me teach you a few truths of this resurrection, what it can do for you. Romans chapter 8 and verse 10, the Bible says, and Christ lives within you. So even though your body will die because of sin, the spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit, it gives you life this morning. And verse 11, it says, The Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead, He lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, He will give life to your mortal bodies by the same Spirit that is living within you you. Now, Apostle Paul is trying to explain how Jesus lives within us. And he says, he lives within us by the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit coming inside of us was possible because of the resurrection of Jesus. If Jesus had not being resurrected, then the Holy Spirit cannot come into our bodies, cannot come inside our bodies. That is the point. The resurrection is the point which 
broke all the chains of sin and death over our lives. And this morning, the Bible says the same spirit of God that brought Jesus out of the grave, the same power that raised Jesus from the grave, that same power now lives within you. What is it doing within you? It is giving life to your mortal bodies. Will you believe this with me? Romans 8 verse 11. And it says that this Holy Spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is now living within me and is giving life to my mortal body. My mortal body doesn't have the grace to withstand temptation. My mortal body doesn't have the wisdom to give the right answers in every situation. My mortal body doesn't have the grace to to overcome all these trials and tribulations. But the Spirit of God that is inside of me, it has the grace, it has the strength, the same strength, the same power that brought Jesus back from the dead. It has the power and the strength to equip and empower me in this particular season of life. So if there are things that are seemingly impossible for you, that, are, that you feel important to do, May I remind you that the same power that raised Jesus from the dead is now inside of you. Let me read further. This is Philippians chapter 3 and verse 10. Paul says, we read part of this last time and we're going to read the initial part of this today. It says, I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him sharing in his death. We read the second part, I want to suffer with him sharing in his death. But the complete verse goes like this. I want to know Christ and I want to experience the mighty power. We understood what is the mighty power. It's the Holy Spirit. He says, I want to know Christ and I want to experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. What is the mighty power? It is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Paul says, this is my desire. I want to know Jesus by experiencing this mighty power. I know that we are not in a church setup. I know that there is no background music playing for you and encouraging you at this point. But wherever you are right now, this power is being released into your homes. This grace is being released into your homes and you are going to begin to experience the mighty power of God. You are going to experience this power of resurrection. Just receive it. Just lift your hands. Just open your hearts. Just embrace the presence of the Holy Spirit in your room and receive it because the power of the Holy Spirit is going to manifest for you right now. Just speak in tongues for a couple of minutes if you can. Wherever you are, just disconnect from your atmosphere. Disconnect from your distractions. Disconnect from the money changers and the dealers and all those things that are holding you back from seeing Jesus. And just connect to the power of God that is available for you this morning. And as you connect to the power of God, you are going to be able to know Jesus that I may know Christ and experience the power that raised him back from the dead and experience the mighty power. In Jesus' name, I release that power all over this video. Wherever your people are watching, may the Holy Spirit encounter your children, Lord. Encounter your people, Lord. Encounter your people. Yes, 
Yes, do not control your tears. Do not control your heart from breaking down in His presence because this is not man's doing. This is the Lord's doing and it is just marvelous in our eyes. Things that you thought you cannot change in a thousand years are changing right now as you yield to the presence of the Holy Spirit. Because Jesus is coming into your heart, into your life, into your body and He is going to give life to your mortal bodies right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. We just, we just let you come and do what you want to do, Lord. Thank you for that broken bone is being restored, is being fixed back in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord, for the restoration in the eyesight. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for healings that are happening in different places, different homes. Even as your children connect with me in the spirit. Thank you for healings are being released in the mighty name of Jesus. Yes. Yes, may the restoration of their finances come. That person that owes you money and has been delaying it for a long time, you are going to get that call today. If that is you, if you are waiting for that money, then you have to comment and let us know. So we will also agree with you and we are praying with you and we are going to believe that that guy will call you back today and you will get your money in Jesus' name. There shall be no loss you are experiencing a mighty power. You are experiencing the resurrection power that comes from on high in the mighty name of Jesus. Wow. Wow. Do let us know in the comments what you are experiencing right now. We would like to hear from you. I'll be reading each and every comment and I'll be praying for you wherever you are. May you experience things that you have never experienced before. We have access to this resurrection power every day of our lives. Uh, how do we do that? Through the presence of the Holy Spirit. So I'm going to finish by reading this text where Jesus predicted the coming of the Holy Spirit, where Jesus predicted the presence of the Holy Spirit coming down. John chapter 14 and verse 15. Jesus said, if you love me, obey my commandments. If you love me, you have to make it a lifestyle, make it your lifestyle to obey everything that I tell you to do. Just, just follow it a hundred percent if you love me. It doesn't say if you want church membership, then obey my commandments. It doesn't say if you want to be blessed, then obey my commandments. It doesn't say if you want to go to heaven, then obey my commandments. His question is this, do you love me? Then you have to obey my commandments. How many Jesus lovers are tuned in this morning? Wherever you are, let us know if you love Jesus. Because if you love Jesus, He's inviting you into a lifestyle of obedience. He's inviting you into a lifestyle of embracing His voice in your life, embracing His commandments in your life, embracing His desire for your life. If you love Him, if you love Him, may His love just sweep over your heart wherever you are. And it says, verse 16, and I will ask the Father and He will give you another advocate who will never leave you. When? When you obey my commandments. If you love me and you obey my commandments, then I will ask my Father and He will give you another advocate. And He will never leave you. Verse 17, it says, His name, He is the Holy Spirit. And what does He do? He leads you into all the truth. In the mighty name of Jesus, may this truth be released upon your life. 
every area where you need to understand God better. May the Holy Spirit reveal that to you in this season. It says, the world cannot receive him because it isn't looking for him and doesn't recognize him. But that's not true about us, church. You and I, we are looking for him. We are looking for the Holy Spirit every morning, every afternoon, every evening, every night, every decision that you take, every change that you want to bring about in your life. You have to be looking for the presence of the Holy Spirit, for the person of the Holy Spirit. And if you are looking for the presence of the Holy Spirit, let me remind you that he will be revealed to you and you will recognize him. Verse 17, it says, but you, you know him because he lives with you now and later will be in you. Jesus is explaining something very significant to the disciples and he's saying right now the Holy Spirit is with you as I'm teaching this word to you the Holy Spirit is with you but there will come a time when I will be resurrected when I am resurrected he will come inside of you after I'm resurrected he can come inside of you right now he cannot come inside of you because you are still an unholy vessel you cannot take the presence of the Holy Spirit if he comes inside you you will die but there will come a time when I have to die for you and I have to be resurrected from that death and the grace that I have received, that I have conquered on the resurrection day, with that grace, he can now come and enter into your bodies. It says, but you know him because he is with you now and later will be in you. Verse 18, it says, no, I will not abandon you as orphans. I will come to you. If you're feeling like you don't have anybody, if you're feeling like you're an orphan, you don't have people to care for you, celebrate you, praise you, it's okay. You have the presence of the Holy Spirit and he's assuring you that you will not be left as an orphan. You will be covered. You will be fathered. You will be nourished and you will be taken care of in every season. In this season, you will have spiritual food, physical food, emotional resources, uh, physical resources, everything that you need. The Holy Spirit is going to make that available for you because you are not an orphan. Somebody has to scream it out loud. I am not an orphan because I have the Holy Spirit. I am not an orphan. The Bible says in verse 19, soon the world will no longer see me, but you, you guys, that are watching me right now from wherever, you are going to see me, Jesus is saying. Since I live, you will also live. Because I have been raised back to life, you will be raised back to life. Because I have the grace to overcome sin and death, you will overcome sin and death. There is great death that is spreading all over the world around us. But let me tell you this. The Bible says because Jesus lives, you will live also. And he says that soon the world will not be able to see me. You know, you look at the world around us, they have no hope. They can't see Jesus. They can't experience Jesus. But you who have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you will see the resurrected Jesus. Verse 20. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father and that you are in me and I am in you. Now, don't be confused by all the pronouns. So I'm going to 
say it once again. I'm going to put this up on your screen for you to read as well. Uh, it says the verse, I'll explain what he says. This is, I, Jesus, I am in the Father. Okay, that's the first thing you need to know, that Jesus is in the Father. The second thing is that you are in me. That is, you and I, the church, we are hidden in Christ Jesus. That's what Paul says in Colossians. And he says, the third thing is also true. And I, the Holy Spirit, am in you. It says, this will happen when I'm raised to life again. What is, what is going to happen? When I'm raised to life again, the Holy Spirit will come on the inside of you. And you are going to be on the inside of Jesus. You're going to be hidden with Jesus in God. And Jesus is going to be in the Father. So you are going to be protected and you're going to be secure by Jesus. Let me tell you, it's good to take precautions in this season. It is good to uh, take uh, all the measures that health specialists are telling us. But, but truth be told, it is not our protection that is going to help us. It is not our precautions that is going to help us. There are thousands out there in the world who took all the right precautions, but they are still falling prey to this pandemic that is going all over the world. The presence of the Holy Spirit that is inside you, the presence of Jesus that is covering you, and the presence of the Father that is covering Jesus is going to be your protection. We refuse to take refuge in science. We refuse to take refuge in the world around us. We refuse to take refuge in the comfort of our homes. We take refuge in Christ Jesus. I'm not asking you to go out into the world and do something stupid, uh, to, to not take precautions. That's not what I'm asking you to do. But I'm telling you to not put your trust in it. You can take your precautions. You can do whatever they ask you to do. And yet, let your trust be in Jesus, the resurrected power that is inside of you and around you now. That is what Jesus said. When I'm raised back to life, you will know that I am in my Father and that you are in me and that my presence, the Holy Spirit, is in you. Let's read the next verse. It says in verse 21, those who accept my commandments and obey them are the ones who truly love me. Do you accept his commandments? Are you willing to obey his commandments? Then you are the ones that truly love him. And it says, and because they love me, my father will love them. And I will love them and reveal myself to each of them. Are you ready for this? This is the promise. The first thing that we read is that he is going to provide for all of your needs. That he is not going to leave you as an orphan. He is going to cover you. He is going to give you the truth that is necessary. He is going to make sure that you have everything you need in this season. The resurrected Jesus, the resurrected power of the Holy Spirit. The presence of Jesus in you is going to make sure that you are not left as an orphan. The second thing that I want you to remember is that you are covered, so you are protected. There is nothing that will, that will come to you without first passing through Jesus. The third thing that I want to remind you is that the Bible says, when you experience my presence and my power, my resurrection, I will come and reveal myself to you. Wow. I got stuck at that one scripture all morning. I was preparing this word to bring to you and I read that scripture and I was wrecked. 
Because I believe that there is a fresh revelation of Jesus that is coming all over the place. There are several people that ask me that I don't believe in Jesus, that I don't understand, I don't have all the right reasons to believe in Jesus. And I tell them, hey, why don't you ask Jesus to reveal himself to you? If Jesus is so intentional at revealing himself to people that don't even believe in him, how much more does he want to reveal himself to his dedicated, committed child, his son and his daughter? Wherever you are watching me right now, let me release this scripture over your life. He says that I am going to come and reveal myself to you. This season of being shut down, being locked down is for your blessing because this is the season when you will see Jesus like never before. This is a season when your revelation, your understanding of who he is in your life, how he provides for you, how he takes care of you, how he covers you is going to go to the next level. He will reveal himself to you. You know, there is a limitation to how much a pastor can reveal God to you. There is a limitation to how much this video can bring God's presence to you. But there is absolutely no limit, no boundaries to how much the Holy Spirit can change the whole physical, spiritual environment around you and just make Jesus as real to you, to your room as it was to the 12 disciples that were shut inside their house. Uh, 2000 years back the same Jesus that stood with them is going to stand with you right now is going to reveal himself to you right now wherever you are and when he comes he's going to do something really profound really powerful he is going to resurrect your dreams he is going to resurrect your brokenness he is going to resurrect your broken life in in second kings chapter 6 the bible talks about how Elisha and his sons, they were going out and they were building a place for them to live. And when they were cutting the wood, one of the guys, his ads, as he was cutting the trees, cutting the wood, his ads, it flew out of his hands and next to where they were cutting the tree, there was a river and the ads fell into the river and the ads drowned. And the Bible says this guy cried out loud, saying this was not even my ads. This was not supposed to be lost. I had just borrowed it. If it was mine, I would have lost it. It doesn't matter. But this is not mine. This was a borrowed ads. And then Elisha said, where did it fall? And he pointed to that place. And, and he said, cut another piece of wood. And they threw that wood into the water. And the Bible says, as that wood hit the water and sunk in, the ads that had fallen into the water, that ads begins to float onto the water. And this guy goes and gets it back. I know that some of us are feeling like that guy who has lost his ads. Some of our dreams have been shattered. Some of our hopes have been shattered. Some of our plans have been shattered. Some of us have lost our jobs. Some of us have messed up our credit card statements. Some of us, our loans are not paid off. Some of us, our health has gone for a toss. And you feel that it is a point of no return. You don't know swimming enough to reach to the bottom of the lake or the bottom of the river and get it back. And it was not yours in the first place. It was a borrowed amount. It was a borrowed money and, and you feel so helpless in this season. But the Lord says, I am going to jump into the river for you. 
I am going to sink into the river. I'm going to go into the depths of death to bring you out. You know, for that ash to float up, there was another piece of wood that had to go down so that that ash can come out. And that is what Jesus is choosing to do for you. He is the tree of life. He is the perfect tree of life. He had to be cut down and put into the water, poured into the water, buried into the earth so that you and I can also experience resurrection. He is the one who brought our access back to life. He is the one who makes our dreams float this morning. He is the one who is making our hope come alive this morning. And that will happen when you realize that he is revealing himself to you. He is showing a part of himself to you that you've never seen and experienced before. Just close your eyes and pray with me wherever you are. Rikamana masala kamando robo kolodere. In the name of Jesus, may hope be restored back into your people this morning, Daddy. May, may dreams be resurrected back in the mighty name of Jesus. May desires that have been buried by the enemy because of our past, because of our pain, because of our problems, may they be resurrected by the presence of Jesus. And Jesus says, I'm going to jump into the river for you. I'm going to jump wherever, whatever is hurting you the most, it is going to hurt me also. I'm going to carry your burden. Whatever is your pain, come and give it to me because I am going to be equally hurting for your pain. I'm going to cry for you. I am going to intercede for you. I'm going to stand in the gap for you. I am going to make sure that I fight for you till the very end, till you experience total breakthrough. The Lord is promising healing. The Lord is promising strength. The Lord is promising victory. The Lord is promising a season of overcoming. The Lord is saying that your victory will not be a normal victory. You will experience more than conquerors spirit. You will experience more than just a normal victory. You will not just have what you lost. When your axe floats back up, you will not just get back what you lost. You will get back more than that. A seven times of what the locusts have eaten up. Whatever has been taken away, it is being restored. A double portion in the mighty name of Jesus. You know, the Bible talks about how if a thief is caught stealing, he needs to return back a seven times. And I believe that this morning the thief is exposed. This morning the thief has been caught stealing because Jesus is alive. And because Jesus is alive, you are going to get back everything that you lost. We thank you, Lord, for this restoration. We thank you, Lord, for this resurrection. We thank you, Lord, for we are more than conquerors through Jesus Christ. Because Jesus conquered it first, we can conquer it too. Because Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit, we are no longer orphans. Because Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit, we are covered from the inside and from the outside. And because Jesus has given us the Holy Spirit, we will experience a week of tremendous revelations about Jesus, about the Father, about God. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for what you're doing all over, wherever your people are watching. In Jesus' mighty name, we pray. And everybody said, and amen. Amen. Thank you for tuning in. We believe that you are blessed by the word. 
we would love for you to be our guest on any of the weekends on a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. or a Sunday morning service at 11 a.m. For more information, please visit our website, dreamingrevival.com.